Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard and the host for this episode of the show. Today we have a very serious topic, as serious as it gets. In fact, the topic is war. And more specifically, war games. Now, war games have been around for just about as long as war itself, dating all the way back to when Sun Tzu started training ancient warriors and wrote his famous book, The Art of War, back in the 6th century BC. Now, obviously, computer games have not been around quite as long as that, but arguably could reach and affect a larger audience. The bulk of the war games these days seem to be set around World War II. However, they are starting to creep into more modern times. The question is, should they? Is it right for developers to turn war into entertainment? It's a big topic, so I've got an army with me today in the lounge. Joining me today, uh, one of our many people who are in the lounge with us today is Shella, our European correspondent. And uh, this whole show is actually Shella's uh, idea, so Shella, welcome to the lounge today. Thanks very much. Uh, also joining us is Kelly Adams. She's the host of our other show, The Gamer Geeks. And uh, Kelly, as always, we are happy to have you here in the lounge. That's oh, great to be here. And a rare but great gem of an occurrence, Todd Hargosh is here in the lounge with us today as well. Todd is our extreme reviewer and co-host of the Gamer Geek Show. He wanted to make sure I said co-host of the Gamer Geek mm-hmm. Show. <laughs> Todd, welcome, welcome aboard today. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Always always a pleasure. And sure. and finally we have James Maddox. James Maddox is our resident gaming philosopher. <laughs> He's uh, always got a, a a well thought out opinion on all things, so we wanted to make sure that you were here in the lounge today with us, James. Thanks for showing up. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now this whole topic started the the whole idea for this topic about war games and the morality of war games uh because of a story that Shella broke uh, on Jin about a game that was called 6 Days in Fallujah uh which was based on a, a battle that uh, took place over over in Iraq and what had happened was as i understand it was that these veterans had gotten together and they all had these diaries that they were keeping and they they went to a developer and they said hey let let's make this into a game and all things looked good and then i i believe konomi was their publisher and then at the last minute uh konomi pulled out so shella what was the what was the story behind that exactly yeah that was pretty much the story um it was being developed by, well, it's still being developed by Atomic Games, and um, it was announced that it was going to be published by Konami. And then there were sort of rumbles in newspapers and people going, hmm, not sure about this, you know, is this a good thing? And Konami sort of went, ooh, <laughs> this might be controversial. Oh, no, let's just drop it. Um, and I was kind of stunned that they hadn't, thought that it might be controversial in the first place it was i just thought it was a bit of a a a dumb move from them but they just it was like what did they just see dollar signs they thought you know so it's a war that hasn't been covered before this could be cool we can you know cash in and didn't think about the consequences of doing some really recent um history um yeah so that was a bit astounding really um 
Now, do you do you think that the that the the controversial angle on that was because it's sort of you know fresh fresh wound, I guess you know fresh. Yeah, I'm kind of yeah, concerned I mean, about it that. Is, it's very it's very very recent history, and um, um, you know, I've got some quotes here. Well, the thing was the the developers and um, Atomic Games and Konami weren't singing from the same hymn sheet mm-hmm. as I said in my column when I covered it um, on one hand Atomic Games were saying you know uh, movies and documentaries can cover these things sensitively and you know video games is a you know modern medium and think that we can cover it too and we've been talking with ma- marines and right trying to take um, sort of the high got, ground I guess yeah, that full support. Meanwhile, on the other foot, Konami was saying things like, uh, we're not trying to make social commentary. We're not trying to make people uncomfortable. We just want to make compelling entertainment. Ah, and I, I see. Think mm-hmm. the, the, soccer, the sucker punch really was when they said, at the end of the day, it's just a game. And um, meanwhile, there were sort of quotes from there's um, there's actually a news story on it that came out today, um, which I saw just before we started recording this. And um, a mother of a son who died in that battle was was, um, concerned that it would trivialize, you know, the deaths of these soldiers. I guess it I mean, I guess it comes down to how the how the game was done. I know, James, you wanted to you wanted to speak there for a minute. Uh, we just recently had uh, the 65th anniversary of the D-Day invasion, and uh, I spent the day celebrating by uh, playing a lot of Company of Heroes, and I, I didn't see anything wrong with that. But again, that's a that's a World War II versus a modern uh, yeah. war. I mean, do you think that that's the the main difference, James? Was that what you were going to say, or I don't know. I mean, at what point is it okay? You know, how long how much time has to pass? Has to pass? Um, I think that's going to be one of your main issues here. Uh, and, uh, there, there, there are a ton of things that go into war games, you know, um, in between who exactly it is that we're fighting, what uh, the popular view of who's right and who's wrong. I don't know. Is When is it yeah. okay? Um, I mean, the only, um, only real objection I had was the way that Konami kind of handled it in that they didn't really it's almost as if they didn't Mm -hmm. even think about it until the newspapers picked up on it and it kind of says something doesn't that say something about the games industry that they just you know sort of rifle through um, sort of the world's troubles like (laughs) there's some catalogue that they can make games about and then and don't think about the consequences of what they're doing yeah, it it makes sense. I mean, Konami probably said, "Oh, this is going to be a shooter in war," and there have been sort of modern modern shooters. I mean, yeah. I've I've seen, well, obviously, you know, Modern Warfare, the Call of Duty yeah. series, is 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 sort of set in modern warfare, and then it, it's it's obviously it's a fictional conflict that they made up. But then there's also games like uh, I played a game called First to Fight, which was basically a Marine Corps simulation um, that was set in Lebanon that I I think was. Mm based loosely on a real conflict. And, and then there's a lot of these hyper-simulation games um, like the ARM, uh, ARMA series uh, that well, follows that. Well, here's a question. Uh, like, I recently watched Saving Private Ryan, right? Okay, sure. It evoked a huge emotional response. You know, you read books on war and it evokes a, an emotional response more than it does what I think video games do. I mean, when was the last time you played a war game and 
felt, yeah. you know, moved <laughs> to the point that's, that you're, you know, breathless or whatever. Because that's what this mother was saying. She was saying, you know, I have this image of a bunch of guys sitting around playing Six Days in Fallujah and laughing right. because they got killed or they didn't get killed or saying, let's start again because we can. But my son, he didn't get that. Right. You know, he just died. <laughs> and, you know, it's something that we need to consider as an industry. It makes sense. We don't but really seem to. But... Then, so is are you saying that World War Two games are okay because most of the guys that were in World War Two have either passed or are very old now? I mean, because I mean well, they they went I mean, through. This. It's not just that though. I mean, when you think about World War Two, um, you I mean, mean Germ- Todd talked about it last night. <laughs> okay, okay, go. Yeah, the, the Germans are um, considered an understood enemy. I mean, well, yeah, that's what Nate Woolley uh, on a previous podcast was saying. You know, the the Nazis are. The enemy, you know. There's even, no doubt. Even in your to mind. a lesser extent, I mean, how aside? From, I mean, we've seen a lot of World War II games based on the European theater, but yeah. aside from the recently released World at War, the two Medal of Honor games that came out, Pacific Assault and Rising Sun, how many games have um, featured the Empire of Japan? Well, there's been a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's been a few pro. I mean, there's been a, quite a few Pearl Harbor titles, uh, yeah. I guess. But I, I mean, mean well, most yeah. of those I've seen though have been simulators. I mean, mm-hmm. you right, right. Seen them mostly in the shooter. Aspect per se. The one thing I'm seeing from the World War II games, and well, not just the games, the whole subject of the World War II, that you gotta think, that was the one war we were in where we went in and we rescued the Jews from the concentration camps. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Holocaust was going. That was one where it was like, yes, we did right by going in there and saving, mm-hmm. we saved a lot of lives. And, and liberated France and, and, uh, and, and, well, most of Western Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and that, but it's, it's real in those real subjects with that war that you just go, it, I'm so glad we did get into it. Because mm-hmm. if we yeah. didn't, Lord knows what would have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I guess even with um, with almost any other war you can name, uh, like Korea, for instance, Korea was actually another war where you know we were sort of in the right. But Korea is kind of like a war without a public relations person. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's like, it, and I think a lot of wars are like that nowadays. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's been tons of controversy that's kicked up about everything that came after Korea. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Every war that came after Korea. And to the point where if you were to make a game, you know, it's it, it, just, it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and I think there have been now, – now, probably, given that I don't think there's going to be a lot of games based on Korea because – I mean, it was it – was, there was some really interesting aspects that happened in Korea. There was the whole end around at Incheon, and there were some brilliant tactical things that happened. But people kind of seem to – for it's it's not right, but people kind of almost forget that Korea happened. Korea was almost like yeah. an appendix yeah. to World War II, really, if you look at the reasons for it and so forth. But – I think that so so then so skipping Korea and going to the next controversial war is, is going to be Vietnam and Vietnam there have been some games based on Vietnam uh, there's the Battlefield series had Vietnam and that was basically like a mindless shooter uh, there was also the Shell Shock series which was almost glorifying hyper glorifying the violence in in Vietnam but nobody's really tried to do like a like you see in movies sometimes where you actually get into the character and try to see what the people went through mm. who were fighting it and so forth. Yeah. 
And there was also a little-known shooter on the Neo Geo called Nam 1975. Oh, right. I think I, I think I just brushed along the whole genre. They just made it a mindless uh, shooter. They just said, okay, it's set in Vietnam, and here the bad guys are the Viet Cong, and you know, other than that, it's a, it's standard right. shooter. Now, I think that that trying to do a game in Viet, set in Vietnam that actually was trying to evoke an emotional response or tried to teach history or something. I think that would be good. I don't think it'll happen though. Kelly, I know you have sort of an opinion on that because you have a, a family member who was in Vietnam and and who still has trouble uh with with what happened in that war. Is is that right? Yeah, he he's uh has P- PTSD. Mm-hmm. And that's a disorder that never goes away. Mm-hmm. You're going to have it for the rest of your life. And it it doesn't get much better. You can learn to deal and cope and stuff, but still, it it don't go away mm-hmm. at all. Post-traumatic traumatic stress disorder. Right. And literally, still to this day, I mean, it's my father-in-law. He hasn't, wakes up with cold sweats and in a bloody nightmare because he thinks that they're coming and trying to kill him. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is years. Wow. I mean, absolute years. He has actually spoke fle- fluent Vietnamese in his sleep. Can't speak a lick of it when he's awake. Hmm. Well, and that that came from uh, you. You said he spent time as a POW, right? Yeah, and he was actually captured, and they led him and I believe three others out in the woods. They had only built one cage to put up in the tree, but they ended up getting three, so they built two other ones, and they, but they were still green. I believe is what my father-in-law said that they were put together real green, and. When he was in one of those, and he worked and actually got out of the cage and escaped and like walked for three days to find a, the closest army platoon. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, see, now, I mean, that is a pretty amazing story. I, I don't know how – like I, I could see that as a movie. I don't know how you would portray that as a video game. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't, so there's no really – Realism that you can give to it. I mean, were you going to be playing with the Wii and like shake the controller to bend the bars oh. or something? I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, so that would be in bad taste. <laughs> yeah, I oh I know, but I'm just saying I oh. don't I don't think that there is a way that you can convey that. I mean, that was a very compelling story. Well, I mean, uh, there's a I guess there's a possibility that any story can really kind of be told through a story. I don't think it would be a first person shooter kind of right yeah. deal, but maybe a third person. I don't know. Because that's the thing. When you think of war games, you, you, or at least I do, I automatically think first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Six Days in Fallujah is third-person. Is it? Okay. Yeah, and it's based on sort of diaries and recollections and video well, footage and photos from Marines. Well, James... They're supposed to be sort of intersplicing it somehow um, to make it have a documentary feel to it. Well, what what do you guys see as the difference between first and third person shooter? I mean, I mean, is is it more than just over the shoulder view versus through the eyes of the player? Or? I don't know. I mean, I I, well, I think it makes you feel a little bit more in tune with the world when you're doing third person, but that might just be a personal thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm the same yeah. way. I like I like first person shooters. I don't really like third. Because I feel more as the character, like I'm going through the game instead of oh look this little dot that's not doing what I'm exactly telling them to do, you know? <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're always, like me. Too. Always, I like first. I person. always feel that. I would uh, favorite. Uh, I would favorite being able to. Uh, James, like, go. go. <laughs> I, I always feel that third person always has like a bit more of a movie quality. Right. Yeah, I do. And that kind of that kind of 
puts an accent to the story that it's trying to tell. And Todd, yeah, the I was gonna say I would favor it more uh-huh. heavily towards narrative. I think. Right. Okay, Todd, your turn. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Right. I was gonna say personally, I would favor to have the option between both, like in Fallout. Oh, you could do either. Switch yeah. on the fly, yeah. That, yeah, that I like sense. those too. That makes sense. I'm a, if I have the option, I must always play in first person if it's well done because I I'm like Kelly. I like the suspension of disbelief. It's much easier for me to pretend that I'm that person. So although it kind of makes collecting outfits and stuff sort of pointless because you never actually see <laughs> the cloak that you're wearing on your back or whatever. But yeah. now, um, in terms of the uh, the war games and the the entertainment side of things, so. Do you all think that a, a war game? Well, for example, let me give you. An, I, I keep going back to the uh, the the Company of Heroes thing. Now, this was a. He, this is going to blow your mind if you haven't played the game. Their newest uh, one, which which I've been playing a lot, is called uh, Tales of Valor, and it is okay. It's obviously it's a real time shooter game or real time strategy game, and it actually the Tales of Valor game follows heroes, real heroes that really existed on both the the German side and the uh, American side. It follows like the exploits of a a paratrooper and what he did to cross this bridge and like a hundred guys died and he was able to get across. And you actually follow him and follow his story and learn about him. And then on the German side, it's a German tank ace who I'd I'd actually heard about before who was able to basically single-handedly take out like an entire British column uh, on his own. and, And it it was interesting, and I learned a lot, and I did feel a little bit for the characters, especially the the paratrooper because he gets killed at the at the end of the uh, uh, at the end of the the whole scenario. And I mean, I thought that was well done. So I mean, I I guess I mean you wouldn't think that a real time strategy game would be a good storytelling mm. platform, but mm. here is a case where it kind of was. See, I kind of uh. think to get through, to get the real emotional factor of the war, I would think strategy, that's the one that comes to mind to me to say that's the best way to go for this, hmm. to to reach that objective. Because first-person shooters and stuff, I mean, this, oh, shoot, nah. I've been with them. That's just bad. You're mostly just looking, who can I shoot? Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a real a really realistic first person shooter, it's probably not gonna be that great a game because here's you're gonna go up and you're gonna be like, okay, let's take the objective, and then you get shot and you're dead, and the game ends. I mean, you know, in yeah. real life, there's no health packs and, <laughs> and so forth. Right. Or the newest thing in the games where you can get shot like 50 times and you know. Wait. The, yeah, Someplace, and then yeah. you got to find some cover and, and rest for a few minutes to, to rest off the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I don't know. I guess I guess it's I guess it's possible. So, Shella, you've covered this. So, do you think that Six Days in Fallujah can be made into a game? And do you think it should? And do you think that it ultimately will? Yeah. Um, well. I think they're going to go for it. They seem to be going ahead with development. Um, and, yeah, I want to see how it turns out because movies and documentaries, other kind of media, they they get to experiment with sensitive issues and if it's handled by the right people and it's done in the right way, um, why not? I mean, the, the games industry needs to take some risks as we've said before on other podcasts and um i just thought konami went in with a little i don't know if it was naivety or stupidity i don't know what it was but um surely they could have 
should have seen this one coming. <laughs> so so you're when they picked up the game in the first place. So your final thoughts are that war games can be made uh war from entertainment is is a, uh, entertainment from war is okay but it needs to it needs to be done right, I guess. Yeah, it has to have some sensitivity, especially when it's very very recent okay. history. Fair. Well, I got another example we can use. Sure, Todd. Uh, I saw this at E3. I don't recall if it ever got released. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But they were releasing a Delta Force game um, based on the Black Hawk Down scenario in Somalia. Really? And they've um, talked to a couple of survivors from that incident to, to get their uh, feedback in the game. Yeah. And it I seems... don't like. It's Sorry, still. I was just Seems like this seems to be a sort of an area that the games industry is wanting to go down because there's the the game the Guantanamo Bay game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that one I just yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it seems that the games and games developers at least want to try and you know go down this route. Well, if if it's a new route, there's going to be some mistakes along the way. Probably yeah. that Guantanamo Bay game will be one of them. But well, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, as an industry, we have to make mistakes, don't we? Like movies have. You know, there have been controversial right. movies and crap movies made of war and very good ones made of war. That's yeah. true. All right. Uh, oh, James, I was just going to go to you. So, so final thoughts. Uh, do you believe that war games can be entertaining and should they be made? And, you know, should we should we start at 1975 and slowly work our way forward? Or, or what, what do you think the plan is? <laughs> uh, overall, I say, you know, go for it. Break some new ground if you can. Apologize when you make your mistakes and move on to better things. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's why James is our gaming philosopher. <laughs> I, I play for, therefore I am. <laughs> if you shoot a Nazi in the woods and nobody's around, <laughs> does he say, mein Leben? And, no. and Kelly, you sort of got the most, uh, the most uh, personal experience in, in, in this area, so I wanted to give you the final, the final say this time. What do, what, do, what do you think about the whole war game scenario? I think they really be got to very very careful on how they handle it with the portrayal and the characterization and the story. Basically, it, it's going to be really tricky situation. For instance, like the Six Days in Fallujah mm-hmm. deal, they got it from journals from some Marines, but there's going to be other ones that didn't go. Okay, let's make a game, and they're that that survived it, and they're going to. I'm I'm seeing some trouble coming from it mm-hmm. if it does get made. The biggest thing, like any Iraqi battle, you're going to have problems because we are having a large amount of our troops come home that are being diagnosed with PTSD. And I've seen some heard of some really severe cases. I have a friend that survived and was in Walter Reed. He survived and I think the IED happened. He <laughs> got hit by one. Right. And yeah. He he's okay physically, but he's already been diagnosed with PTSD. Now he doesn't have one of the severe. I mean, he can still play World of Warcraft, or you know, he can still play multiplayer of like COD four, but he can't play the campaign anymore. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. it's certain things are triggers for him, and you just I haven't found out exactly what even happened to him because he just you can't talk to him about. It. You just don't go there, and all of a sudden it's not, not to. Right. And I'm I'm scared that I'm going to see a game come out and I'm going to have some bonehead marketing campaign where they're going to plaster and uh-huh. buy a bunch of ad space and we're going to see a mishandled commercial for mm-hmm. it uh-huh. that's going to be just plowing. You know where they're going to advertise. 
sporting mm-hmm. events. They're going to buy mm-hmm. ad space during sporting events. Yeah, well, I mean, just, yeah, but you're gonna, you're going to have that, you know. I mean, you can't just stop production because. No. I hate to say it like this, you know. I hate to say it like this, but if you're going to make any progress, you got to forge ahead. Yeah, yeah they just need a really good marketing yeah. campaign and right. be sensitive to the issue. Yeah, and fortunately, yeah. Kelly, one of the things they could do wrong is make a really – take Six Days in Fallujah. They could make a really good game and then have a boneheaded marketing campaign right. yeah. <laughs> to go with it. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of missteps, and, and I think what happened with Konomi is a good example of you know, companies – Publishers especially aren't thinking through this. It seems like really yeah. the, the the ground is being forged here by the developers, and it's the publishers that really need mm-hmm. to be careful with how they handle it and make sure that they keep their end of the bargain up. Yeah, because there's a there's a ton of people that are still in that mindset of we're just making games here. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It, I think it's yeah. slowly, slowly turning into something a little bit more. Okay, well, we are out of time. A great topic. Thank you for everybody who came in and lounged today, and uh, it it went well. If anybody has uh, their own opinion on whether games should be made out of war or war should be turned into entertainment or if it can be done right, send us an email at ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we will check you out. If you you have a really good uh, story to tell, we'll we'll try to cover it in, in a future episode. So thanks, everybody, for the the show today, and we'll see you all next time in the lounge.